so hi. Welcome to the very first episode of Between Two Buffs. I am your hostess, Senior Asia Gray, uh, with the Second Security Forces Squadron. Um, I just want to take the time to actually introduce our very special guest, the installation commander himself, Colonel Mark Demetrishin. Hey, Welcome, gang. Sir. How's it going? <laughs> um, so before we kind of just jump into all the juicy stuff, just kind of want to ask, who is... Mark Demetrian, like, where does this extravagant name come from? Because I'm sorry, I, I can't really speak for anyone else, but I've always wondered, like, what are your origins? Okay, well, that's classified, so we're probably gonna have to stop. <laughs> you know. uh, so it is a Ukrainian origin, uh, and if you're not familiar with where Ukraine is, it's kind of southwest border of present-day Russia. So if you drew a line going southwest out of Moscow and southeast out of out of Berlin, out of Germany, you'd find Ukraine. My father is from a town on the western edge called Lviv. A uh, number of different spellings, L-V-O-V, L-V-I-V, L-W-O-W. Uh, and in fact, in one version, it's called Lemberg, uh, depending on the historic lanes. Uh, he, his parents were dairy farmers. Uh, they had to escape uh, during World War II uh, and, uh, and escaped both uh, the Nazis coming east and uh, Soviet Russia coming west, uh, bounced around a bunch of what they call displaced persons camps. This is, you know, people without a home. Uh, eventually, at the end of the war, made their way to New York, to then Philly, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Milwaukee, and eventually ended up in Minneapolis. So I am, I guess, first-generation Ukrainian on my father's side. On my mother's side, I'm kind of standard uh kind of upper Midwest, and it's a mix of you know, German, Irish, um, Swiss, Scandinavian, and so on and so forth. But yeah, so it's it's Demetrian. There are no vowels. <laughs> okay. Uh, sometimes the Z is replaced with an H. Uh, but yeah, that's where I come from, and that's where Demetrian is, and uh, that's my story. Well, and I'm thank sticking you. to it. Thank you. Now we know. So put all the questions to bed with that. So um, before we kind of also get into it could you just kind of tell us um one thank you for this opportunity uh creating this open dialogue with leadership because that is something that the airmen are looking for and that we really appreciate so but why did you um come up with the idea to create this podcast right so first of all it wasn't my idea but thanks for giving me the credit <laughs> okay. for it uh, it really came out of the public affairs team and we've we spent a lot of time uh public affairs and the front office leadership but really chief chaddock and i thinking about how do we communicate to all of the audiences that are, are on Barksdale Air Force Base and interested in things in Barksdale Air Force Base. And some of you have probably heard Chief and I talk about this, but we refer to it, there are five generations of audience here on the base. There's our, our Gen Z, soon to be replaced by the, I think they're called the Gen Alpha, the, the folks that are in, um, yeah, are in, uh, you know, elementary and high school now and will eventually be, you know, the new recruits for the Air Force and the Space Force here in a couple of years. Our, our Gen Zers, our Millennials, our Gen Xers, uh, our Baby Boomers, and then there's a generation before that that some refer to as the silent generation. It's kind of um, not World War II veterans and their dependents. It's more of kind of the Korean War veterans and their dependents uh, before you get to the Baby Boomers. And we just said, hey, we, we know we're not effective at getting the message out. We know that there are other tools out there. Uh, we know that the the leadership before us has put into place some things like having a YouTube channel. And so we thought, hey, let's let's take advantage of the, the infrastructure that we have right now and see if we can find a way to 
be more effective at our communications with all of our audiences. Now, some of it is kind of the formal things that you and I were talking about before. Hey, if it's a gate closure or COVID shots or, you know, advertising for meals at the buff or hangar two or, or whatever that is. Okay. But some of it's just, here's what's going on and the stories that go with what's going on, what an airman's like big a airman's life is like, you know, what brought them to the air force, what keeps them going day in and day out. And we just thought this is a chance to know airmen, big a airmen. When I say big a airmen, I mean our enlisted officers, civilians, contractors, active guard reserve, the dependents and family members that go with it. It's not just those of us wearing the uniform right now to learn their story, to understand who they are, <clears throat> excuse me, and then to take advantage of the greatness that is out there in linking up world-class airmen with fantastic members of the Big A Airmen community and just build more uh, growth, community, and resiliency in us. So we're giving it a shot. Like you said, this is our first one, so we're going to see how this goes. Uh, we definitely are excited to bring more folks on, so I'll look to the camera for this. If you have interest in participating in the podcast or producing the podcast or in any way at all being involved in the podcast, please let us know. There'll be something at the end that PA will share with you on how to make contact on it. But we're looking forward to bringing more Big A Airmen into this, so you won't always listen to me talk about things that nobody's really interested in. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. So just to kind of go on and roll into it, um, the first real question was when you were um, assuming command, coming into the middle of a, a pandemic, obviously, you know, commanders come in, they kind of have like a little set game plan for an idea of what they want like their their um, command to look like. Sure. What was your mentality? How did you feel? Like, what were your first thoughts coming? Like, oh, my goodness, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Like, this is not a part of the plan. Like, what, what was your first idea, your first thought for this? Yeah. So I watched the pandemic, but through a, from a different point of view, you know, some would say a different set of lenses because I was deployed – uh, to the Middle East. So I was watching, how do we move people, right? And, and selfishly, how do I get home uh, with all of that? So coming in, it was a matter of kind of flipping my view to go, how do we continue to provide our various flavors of mission while at the same time protecting everybody? And at, at that point in time, this was, you know, pre-vaccine, um, there was a lot of kind of questioning the science that was out there, the facts. If you've you know heard of statements like alternative facts, this is kind of where some of those events had started to pop up and trying to make sure that uh, we as, as both wing and installation leadership were able to present the facts as we best understood them in the most clear means and at the most timely and appropriate location so that people were aware. And to do all of that while still keeping, you know, the big mission going, flying airplanes, defending the gate, handing out prescriptions, uh, you know, repairing the infrastructure, everything that's done here on the base. So that, that was my priority going in was to make sure that we could keep mission going, but also protecting everybody from COVID. And then trying to rapidly restore some elements of normalcy with COVID that, you know, Everybody wants to go back to February 2020 in terms of everything that they can do, and um, we're working on it. Do you feel like, as a wing, that's something that we're um, kind of like lining up to the ideas that you have for us, or is there like any improvements that we can probably do? Just so that, what a great question. <laughs> uh, so first of all, nothing but impressed, proud, blown away 
just, you know, grinning from ear to ear at what both the second bombing in Barksdale Air Force Base has done in the short time that we've been here. I say short, but it's really, it's been six months. Uh, and in a, you know, a, a, a knock on wood here, two-year uh, command tenure, uh, that's a quarter of it already. And many of the goals and objectives have already been reached, which is fantastic. So now what I get to do is go, well, what more can we do? Or more importantly, what more do we want to do? Our, our, our hires will tell us, you know, certain things to do. The, the BTF missions have picked up a number of other things with dynamic force employment, D, DFE, as well as our uh, protection of the installation and all the things that go on here are going to continue. But what more do airmen want to do? What more do airmen want? And what more can the chief and I provide to the airmen? So we've kind of shifted our focus from making sure that mission is uh, focused on, because it has been, it runs well, everybody's executing uh, at the top of their game on that. The chief and I are not concerned about mission. We're not overly concerned about mission. We know it's out there and we know we still have to help support it and resource the airmen, but now we're like, how can we make airmen's lives better? How can we make them more resilient? What can we do, hopefully coming out of COVID to make things at Barksdale and in the you know wider Shreveport, Bossier, Barksdale area better for all of our big A airmen? Well, thank you for that. Um, kind of to just play off of that, um, obviously, like you stated, that the mission itself has picked up a little bit more, like the op tempo for it has picked up, and kind of like the subject of airmen being burnt out yep. is uh, something that we're facing now. So um, how do you see us kind of like combating that and like trying to like get back to those airmen or just letting them know like, hey, like we see you, we understand, like we're in this with you as right. well? Yeah, so first of all, totally understood because – it's not seen from afar. It's lived among everybody. Um, if you're tired, we're tired. And by we, I mean, you know, Chief and I and the other leaders. So um, we're not operating any different from that. Uh, a, a couple of things I think we need to maybe parse out. Uh, number one is being tired from being fatigued and tired and fatigued from being burnt out. I think we've all can recognize that we've been tired, right? We stayed up too late watching a movie or talking to friends, you know, FaceTiming or Zooming with them, or, you know, I, I, I played a game later or whatever those things are. I was TikToking <laughs> or I was watching too many TikToks, uh, I, all of that. And, you know, I didn't get enough sleep. And I think tired, well, not being a medical professional, you know, the way I view it is my body didn't get enough rest. Maybe I worked out too hard at the gym or whatever my fitness was, and I just kind of, you know, I pushed it, and I just didn't get enough sleep. I was swinging between shifts. I was going from days to mids or to swings, or I was running a Panama schedule, and, and it, my body's a little out of whack, and I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't get enough rest, and so I'm tired. Being tired for, an, for a long period of time with persistency and consistency, uh, I think, leads to fatigue. And then we, we are all at, at a human level operating at a, you know, less than our full capacity. So I, I watch, you know, this week was, I think, a great example of where uh, all of our team went above the 80% normal that I, I really hope everybody can operate at. And we're pushing into the 90s or maybe up towards 100 to get jets out the door, or BTFs or cooking meals or defending the gates or administering shots uh, with the latest round of COVID vaccines that came in. And so I think we went above and beyond. And so people can be 
tired after this week, and I fully understand and recognize that. If we kept going at that rate, I think we could run into people that are fatigued, big airmen that are fatigued. Um, and I think that gets addressed by watching workloads, shifts, um, task balancing, kind of all those things that frontline leaders do and pay attention to. That to me is very different than burnout, which is where, where you're going. I think burnout comes from lack of connection. And it's not a fault, it's just an understanding to say sometimes all of us don't understand why we're doing what we're doing and how that ties to the bigger mission. Or, hey, why is prepping meals or repairing a broken um, gas line, how does that lead to airplanes flying out of here and going to what they're doing around the world? Um, so not having that connection, that tie to the mission to give uh, that added worth to what it is that we do. I think there's also a piece where maybe we don't get to connect personally with folks. COVID, of course, is not helping that, especially with not limited social opportunities or being cramped up in your room or on a ROM or something like that, um, where I think you can feel burnt out if you don't have those two connections. One, how you tie directly to the mission, and that can be easily explained, but I think that's definitely a failure on my part on helping drive that. And the other is um, not having those person-to-person -person connections, whether it's with your fellow work center members or whether it's your, your peers in an age group or in the community or reaching back to family and friends, whatever it is. Uh, I'm concerned about burnout because that's, that's a bigger issue. That means that we're failing to bring members into the family. We can work on being tired and fatigued, but burnout takes a lot more attention. And I think the way you get after that is you have to know the airmen to the left and the right of you, the, you know, in front of you and behind you at a personal level and, and have some appropriate and respectful connection there. Yes, sir. And um, like I said, I really feel like we're just bouncing stuff off yeah, each yeah, other yeah. right now because um, there was actually a quote um, that I was looking into, and it was actually from the chief of staff of the Air Force, um, yeah. retired, now retired General Golfing. Yep. And he said, and I quote, the airmen want to know why, so if the mission allows it, tell them. Um, kind of just like how you were saying, like they don't really understand the full totality of everything they don't know what happens whenever those jets are generated and they're pushed out of there and stuff like that so how do you feel about this quote how do you think we can then incorporate in that into the second bomb wing mission as well well let's look at this last week right so we flew we flew a whole bunch of our our team members and a lot of cargo out to the pacific in support of a bomber task force out there jets are out there we did some things flying to uh, the CENTCOM theater where we did the out and back, they're called CONUS to CONUS, but those, you know, up near for like 40 hours in the airplane. And, you know, just imagine spending 40 hours in your car and you can't get out of your car. Yeah. So I, I've seen you on the flight line. You and I have interacted, I, I would say, a, a good amount together. Um, how do you think, if you were me, how, how do I explain to the, to the defenders? I go to guard mount. How do I explain to them how they are tied to jets going around the world, packs, you know, passengers and equipment going out to support those aircraft, uh, and as well as when when we don't do all that, the jets take off from here, they come back to here, but they go to the other side of the globe and they give, you know, they give support to a combatant commander or they give an adversary maybe a moment of pause 
or it helps us in the competition sphere. How do I, how would you suggest to me or if you were me, how should I explain that? So you did something a few months ago that I just absolutely um, loved. I don't know if you remember or not. We were getting ready for either uh, BV, GT, uh, PV, one of them. and All the acronyms. Oh, all of them, A, B, C, D. We're just going to put them all in there. Um, so you brought us in to the IOC, and you had different time slots set up, and basically we got to get a intel briefing on the different um, sorties that we were going to be flying, the mission, kind of typically who we were going up against. Even though it might have been a mock, it was still something that made me feel involved. Like it was more than just standing outside for 12 hours on the uh, the flight line, standing in front of a B-52. It allowed us to see the, the total picture, like, okay, once we generate these, aircrafts and we hold them down and then they push out of here like they're going here or they were able to do this um something that really helped me was i did a btf um to fairford once and at the end of it whenever we was getting ready they was like debriefing us it was like hey we were able to fly 40 successful uh sorties because of what you did and that goes for the people in the kitchen the um our firefighters our maintainers who go out there and even like lrs who were providing vehicles for us so that was something that helped me so continuing um with those classified briefings and kind of giving us like a little snippet of what we're doing and like what happened on like the back end, that stuff. And then I always preach to my, my people, once you do something at the gates, you do a ticket, follow it up, see where that court martial goes or um, get those stats. And I think that's something that, you know, like in sports, like we always, we base stuff off of stats. Like, yeah, like you perform well in the game, but how did you do overall throughout the season? So like those, maybe something at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, having kind of like a little, a mid, a mid tour yeah just kind of like getting those stats and everything just to kind of see um how did my role how did i play part in this and the success of that so okay i appreciate that i think we can do that um, whether it's before the event or after the event or, or a roll up i appreciate that that's something that we can get after um, i do want to talk to you afterwards though about how we went from a ticket to a court martial but i think <laughs> yes, i think that's for something else <laughs> Uh, and then there's something you had mentioned about points. Uh, I don't know if you've heard Chief Chaddock talk about it. But he's like, you get one point for talking about it and nine points for doing it. Yes, so how about I, I want to get all ten points. So we'll, I'm telling you that we're going to do it, but you don't give me the other nine points until all, you know, all the defenders and the chefs and the POL and, and the mighty medics and all of that get in and out of those sessions a couple of times to really reinforce it. Uh, one thing that you brought up, here's, here's a G-wizzer for you. It's an old person's term. Uh, so we have physical therapists and a chiropractor over in the med group. And we were talking about spending, you know, like 30-plus hours, like, in your car, for, you know, for the jets going up and back. And just getting all, you know, your legs get cramped, your back gets tight, all of that. They heard about this, and they said, hey, we, we want in. We want to show you how to do stretches and exercise before you before you fly, while you're flying in the cramp jet, and then afterwards on that. Uh, and I th we had some takers for this last set of sorties. So I think there's more opportunities like that to tie people into the mission. We definitely want to get more people onto the jet for familiarization and orientation flights uh, so that you can come back and go, hey, I sat in that thing for four hours. One, it smells terrible. <laughs> Two, there's no place to go. Uh, and, but three, I now have a better understanding of what is going on and therefore where's my part in it. But, but Chief and I, or more importantly me, owe it to, to you and everybody out there how you fit into the mission and a better understanding of where that, that jet is going on the day. 
Well, thank you for that. And um, you kind of said something about points, so that kind of like goes into the next topic. Yeah. So, as we know, PT tests are on their way back. Um, with that, a lot of people around have been wondering, um, so as of now, the uh, top floor to the best of my knowledge, the track on the top floor has been temporarily closed because of uh, COVID procedures and stuff. So we were wondering if we were going to be able to get like outside fitness gear and yep. then also the tow bars. Cause you know, with those sit-ups, like it's just 10 times easier to do a sit-up with that tow bar. Um, is that something that we're going to be, that we can look to get um, outside gear and everything else like moving forward as we still try to battle COVID in the midst of bringing back PT tests? Yeah, no, great uh, on that. So one, to use a Top Gun, an old Top Gun reference, and hoping that the new movie comes out this summer, uh, your data on the MIG is inaccurate. So the upstairs running track in the in the Bell Fitness Center in the main base gym is open. It's in very small um, allotments or increments. I think we can only have like somewhere between five and ten people up there running. I I'd have to go there and check, but it has been open. Second, we're doing a uh, we're opening up more and more stations in the cardio portions of the main base's fitness area. Uh, we're also looking at removing mask wear while you're on some of that cardio equipment. For folks that, you know, really, you know, they've cranked that treadmill up to 10 or 11 and they've got it at, you know, full elevation and they need, they don't need a restriction from a mask. Don't they need them passing out. Yeah, you got it. You got it. We don't, we don't need that. That's for sure. Uh, so, but instead of putting out one of the COVID policy memos every day, every week as we relax these things, we wrote into the last one to say, because this the situation is changing so rapidly. Check in at the gym, you know, at the front desk of the gym every time you go there and see what more has opened up. Because FSS and the gym folks are engaged with public health so that we can relax those things as quickly as possible to help with PT. I think the same thing is going on with the tow bars for the sit-up practice. I know that we'd really shrunk down the number of sites and, and bars that are available. I think that that has opened up. Uh, but again, if you ask at the front desk, they will know and they'll tell you. But you're right. We, we you know, if you're if you've never done the tow bar and now you got to do the tow bar in April or on from there, you probably want to give it a shot or two to understand. We should just start putting tow bars around the installation. Just just random just places. Random tow bars around yeah. the base. Yeah, CE would would love that. Hey, can you put one in the middle of the intersection for me there and then just, put it right here at the roundabout at yeah. the front gate. The defenders the, need it. Yeah. The other thing that you'd out. <laughs> Sorry, I can't check your ID right now. I'm I'm I'm, I'm just Sit repping up. it out. You know, trying to work on my beach body here. The piece about outdoor equipment, we're working on that as well. So one, if you had, if you were in the Bell Fitness Center and you were walking down kind of where the racquetball or, or squash or, or volleyball courts are, there was there's a rig in there. We're, we're going to move that outside. What takes a little bit of time is the company that I think put it together has to come out and help us reset it back up. So that's a little bit of a setback, which is frustrating to everybody. What I would really love to do, is to go over to where Iron Airman is uh, over by the Mun side. And there's a there's a track out there. I don't know how many people know that, but there's there's an official, you know, 400-yard running track. It's it's reddish and it's not that rubberized stuff that's on uh, the bell. It's kind of a it's like a cinder or something. It's a little dirt-like. Um, but they've got a big, you know, they've got a standard infield for, you know, a football uh, field or soccer pitch or whatever. I'd love to go cover that. Um, with some kind of you know soft dome or something so that you're, you're not getting beat on by the sun. Uh, you can go out there while it's raining, maybe not a hurricane, but you know, <laughs> there'll be always. And then put a bunch of those kind of small connex like you know, hits or CrossFit-like equipment items out there 
for folks so that they can do more of that outdoor fitness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's that's exactly. I think a lot of us have seen that in like four deployed locations. Um, I think I really would like to do the right thing for that. But what I don't ever want to do is say this is the thing that I, Mark Demetrian, want. I want to be able to say, as the installation commander, the bombing commander, what do the majority of the airmen want, and then let's go pursue that. Yes. So uh, if folks have ideas, and now I've put more on PA's plate here, but if you, <laughs> you let us know, work it up through your leadership chain or, or you know, right into the commander's action line or coordinate with uh, the gym or FSS, let us know what you want, and we'll go pursue that. Especially uh, making that transition, like we said, back into those PT tests, because yeah. I know uh, physical fitness, the most you can probably do right now is like go run down at the uh, the river or go climb the stairs at CenturyLink, which I do not recommend. If yeah. Do those stretches. Go see those chiropractors yeah, yeah. and do those stretches. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely something just including the airmen and, like, trying to figure out, like, how do we make this easier? Like, we understand that we've all been through something um, traumatic as COVID. Yeah. So getting back into this, like, it's not just we want you to fail. We do want you to pass your uh, your PT test. So trying to help you get back, that, make that transition easier back into it. No, so Spot on with that. No, I don't want anybody to fail. Yes, sir. And I'm more interested in supporting fitness, less for passing the PT test and more for what it does. I think physical and mental wellness are tied together. Yes, and so trying to give folks another outlet, especially after being cramped up for COVID. So you had it spot on. Speaking of CenturyTel, when I was here last time, we would PT down there and run on the stairs. Oh, that's awful. Oh, up and down and up and down. Everybody drove pickup trucks for some reason. And we would get three, I think it was three people to a truck. One was up in the in the cab with neutral and they would steer and the two would be behind and they would push the truck. And you'd have to push it three rows of parking lot. So if you want to build, you know, if you... If you're not skipping leg day, that might be a good workout for you. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so kind of talking about stress and COVID and everything, how do you as a installation commander manage stress? Like, What are things that you do to actually alleviate that? Because um, I know like your job can probably be really, really tedious, even though you have your commanders and stuff like that. But what do you do as an individual to help alleviate stress in your life? Yeah. Uh, so as, a, as an individual – not with the various hats I wear. I've gotten more into things that are like mindfulness and meditation and, and other opportunities to try to quiet my mind. Uh, I use various apps for that um, because I found that if I take like a 10-minute break and just kind of quiet my mind, the blood pressure goes down. I can think more clearly. I'm, I'm not you know, blowing my top over something that I shouldn't be blowing my top over. Um, my fitness has been lagging for a number of reasons. COVID is way down on the list. Uh, but I, I like doing those, you know, HIIT hit CrossFit like workouts. I also like to power lift and I haven't been back doing that, but that when we were talking about, you know, physical wellness, tying to mental wellness, I know that my mental wellness has taken a hit because my physical wellness isn't there. And, you know, I like to pick up heavy things. And then drop heavy things and, you know, repeat. Uh, and I haven't been able to do that as much. Uh, I also try to get after, whether you want to call it a hobby or a project, but to really immerse myself into something like that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the greatest, but I give it a shot with uh, some home repair things. I just enjoy to tinker. 
I've been trying to repair uh, and refinish a wooden propeller uh, that I, was gifted to me by somebody, and it's just, uh, you know, it's a little bit here, a little bit there, but I get immersed in it, and, you know, I don't worry about things that are going on. Uh, I got another propeller that was given to me by somebody who somehow drove into a tree and it's all <laughs> shattered. I don't know the story, but I can make up whatever I want at this point uh, to work on those things. Um, but then when I put kind of the boss hat, the job hat back on, any chance I get to go out and engage with airmen helps kind of refill the tank for me. And I know that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to everybody until you get a chance to do it. But if you spend a lot of days, you know, in meetings or just reading email and, and and looking at briefings and all of that, to get out and to see the mission and to see how stoked and, and excited big A airmen are to do their things, that puts kind of, you know, you know energy back in my step. Um, but those are the things that I do. But I am a terrible, I'll tell you, I am a terrible example. I don't work out as much as I, as I want to, much less as much as I should. My diet's not where I want it to be. Answering the phone in the middle of the night, that's not fun. I drink way too much coffee. <laughs> uh, yeah. So kind of this is a do as I say, not as I do kind of a thing. But I'm human yes, like sir. everybody else. Honestly, and like I was just about to say, um, thank you for that, That just being open and honest about that because that's something that um, – me personally, as Aaron, I struggle with because I'm always thinking like, okay, like I see my chief working out at like 5 a.m. in the morning. Like I know I'm not doing that. I'm not performing at the level that I should be. So just to hear that coming from you and like someone of your stature, like that does help out like that vulnerability um, that you just created for us. Like, thank you, especially for that. And maybe we can try to get like some yoga classes going Heck on at yeah. the gym. Like I said, services are going to hate us for putting all this bah. on their place. No, <laughs> but maybe we can get some yeah. kind of time to that physical fitness and then that, that stress relief as yeah. well. I, for me personally, kind of close this part out. I don't, I don't work out as often unless I have, like a community that I join every day, or there's kind of like a competition, and not necessarily a formal competition, but you know, I, I, I enjoy going, you know, to the gym and having a friend there that'll banter me, and the, you know, that maybe they lift more than me, or they run faster than me, or they can do more push ups than me, or something, but it gives me a challenge you know, to try to go for. So if there's somebody out there that wants to help me out, I'm definitely open to I have someone for you. His oh. first name is Chief, last name Kaze. Second security forces. Oh, Tell him oh. I sent you. I bet he would love the competition. Awesome. <laughs> yes, uh, well, well, Chief, I'm looking for you. I hope he sees this, and I'll make sure that I tell him whenever I get back to the unit. But um, kind of also to tie into like that um, stress relief, but then also hitting on like suicide prevention. Um, I know that's something that the Air Force is not only long before COVID, but I'm pretty sure like it's – even though we stopped talking about it as much, but it's still something out there. So there's that saying that a kind act can go a long way or just a show of being concerned can go a long way. Um, do you think that leadership, is there any way that leadership can like incorporate that into their, their airmen and like showing them that they do care? Do you think that even like makes a difference? I think it makes a huge difference. Uh, the, what I'll say is the difficulty. This is not an out. This, I think, is an acknowledgement of the situation is we as leaders at all of the levels need to dedicate time to get to know your airmen more than just a last name or a block on a roster or somebody filling a shift or, or what have you. And that takes time. But once you, you kind of 
you crack that door open, you start some conversations, it slowly widens, is when you really have the understanding of the individual, when you can walk in and kind of read their body language and their facial expressions and go, hey, Asia, something, something's off today. What's up? Right. Oh, my, you know, once again, my sister chose to buy shoes and not pay, <laughs> pay her share of the rent or something, right? Yes, something. sir. But you you can't do that unless you spend sufficient time, and, and it's 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 intense, it's personal. You have to kind of somewhat professionally and respectfully connect with that airman, and then to do it through your entire cadre of team. But it becomes a two way piece, right? You and I have this, uh, and I'm one of your airmen, and then you go to the next one, you go to the next one. Well, I pick up. Uh, you know, kind of through proximity and osmosis, the engagement you had with, you know, the airman to my left and the airman to my right on this one. And we get tighter and I can go to my peers and go, hey, you know, something, you, you doing all right? You there? You okay? And, you know, by that point, you can then read into things when you see a text or, or a Snapchat or, or, you know, some kind of posting on, on another social media platform. You go, yeah, something's not right. But the, I think the only way to get there is to have to spend that time. Uh, and so I had a, I've, I've had some really, some really low, low points in my life. And I was TDY for a school program. It, it was probably, it was one of the darkest days of my life. I was really, really low. And a couple of friends, a classmate friends of mine who we had spent enough time together that were able to read body language and know something was like, without saying a word, they knew something was wrong. Yes, and we went out and we laughed for like four hours at at things. And that's what I needed right then and there. And it kept me from getting, I didn't have much farther to go in terms of how low I was. Uh, but it's because they knew me and they they could read me uh, because we had spent the time together for them to go, hey, yeah, you're not right. Let's, let's, see, let's see if we can help you without actually addressing the issue kind of head on. Um, so that's, so I think knowing your, knowing your team members, knowing your friends and family with a little more than just kind of the, well, I work with them or I know their last name, uh, well, I think really helps us in identifying those things so much earlier and, and really helping our family, family and friends out. Like you said, just um, establishing that relationship to understand that we are a family. Um, we all come from different backgrounds and we had different upbringings, but at the end of the day, you're my brother in arms and I am your sister in arms. And like you said, just that understanding, knowing who that person is, how they are on a day-to-day basis and actually uh, reading like body languages. That's another thing that you kind of brought up that I really, really agree with. You can tell a lot by a person, not only from like their facial expressions, but just how they carry themselves and conduct throughout the day. So just those two, just emphasizing on like building that relationship uh, more than a mentor, more than a supervisor, more than a flight chief. And just at the end of the day, you're my wingman. And even if I can't talk to you, maybe I can go talk to chief and you not taking that personal. And that was another thing that, um, we always worry about, I don't want to upset my supervisor because I don't feel comfortable telling them this, but I'd rather talk to them. So just understanding that and, and maintaining that relationship with your coworkers as well. Like, hey, Asia came and talked to me about this. She didn't want to tell you because she felt like I could relate a little bit more, but we're still keeping you in a loop. And just that constant communication, that's something that's always going to like keep the Air Force and just everyone going in totality. It's just making sure that we work on that communication portion of it. So. Spot on. Yes, sir. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
other than that, I think that pretty much just about wraps it up on my part. Do you have anything that you want to talk about, you want to ask, or is there something you want to put out there for the airmen to see if you can get something out of them? Well, so first of all, fantastic job hosting. Thank you. Uh, um, well, you know, when Jimmy Kimmel and company are ready to move on, <laughs> Asia Grace uh, going to be there. And, and big thanks to the PA team for putting this together. Like you know, like we opened with, this is our first time at it. We're going to you know give it a few tries. We're going to adapt, see what works best. Uh, looking for feedback, looking for inputs, looking for folks to join the team. Whether you want to, you want to be in the seats, you want to be behind uh, the scenes, you want to do production, whatever it is. I know that there's a lot of folks out there. A um, couple of things just moving forward. Right? Annual awards is right around the corner. Uh, I haven't seen all the details on it, but I know it's going to be something a little different. I think it might be in sports jerseys and jeans, but don't quote me on that. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> Keep an eye out for Chief. He's already told me some of the costumes he may or may not. Oh, probably shouldn't have said that. What is it, like Arkansas or something like that? Or is it a Boomer Sooner or something? Uh, I don't know. I think he's going to think he's gonna come in costume. Oh, no. And I don't necessarily mean a jersey. Mm. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we'll see. You know, Maintenance Professional of the Year, MPOY, which is a massive blowout. That's coming up. Um, we still got a lot of mission. Everybody knows that, but they're going to be, you know, cranking away on it. But big thing, um, the weekend of 8 and 9 May, Saturday and Sunday, is the air show, the Defenders of Liberty air show. That's coming back. There's a twilight show on Friday night, the 7th. So that's something. So if you're familiar with Shockwave, that's the you know jet engine on the back of the semi-truck. Apparently that looks really cool at night or in the, uh, whatever. But we got the Thunderbirds. We got a whole bunch of other folks coming in. Community is really excited because it's kind of a let's, let's get over COVID mark. Uh, but I think it'll be great for us. Otherwise, uh, PCS season is just right around the corner. So we're going to see a whole, well, we're going to see a whole bunch of new friends coming <laughs> in. Yeah, uh, on that. But back to, to this, Airmen, we're looking for your feedback. We want to know, is this what you want? How can we make it better? Who do you want in the seat? Asia Gray, I think it's an A for today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and just thanks for hosting this. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Like I said before, thank you for the opportunity for this. And then just creating that open dialogue environment for us. Yeah. Hopefully we can keep the momentum going and just have more of this. So like I said, the communication portion is key. So but other than that, thank you so much. And thank you again for listening to the first ever episode of Between Two Buffs. Like I said, I'm your host, the senior, Asia Gray. And that is all for me.